0: Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic earth-revering pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, Science-Based Paganism. I'm one of your hosts, Yucca.
1: And I'm the other one, Mark.
0: And this week, it's already the solstice. so We're going to be talking about the winter solstice, yule lots of names for it but it's that time of year
1: yes so many celebrations happening and lots of traditions and rituals and it's it's one of the the points in the year where the the mainstream culture the over culture actually really goes for some of the stuff that we as pagans are into in the way of rituals and traditions and stuff that doesn't necessarily have a rational explanation, but it feels really good to do. So you do it anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're going to talk about all that stuff. And here we go.
0: Yeah. So first of all, this is a time that cultures all over the world in temperate latitudes have paid attention to. It's something that we see in ancient sites, we see it reflected in many different religions and traditions today, it's just been a very important time, because the days have been getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and now it's turning around, and it's like the light, like the sun is returning.
1: Um, I mean, you can imagine that at a time when the technology available was made with rocks and mastodon ivory and bones mm-hmm. and reindeer horn and you know stuff like that.
0: Bark and moss and yeah. Right,
1: That seeing the power of the sun deplete and the days get shorter and shorter and shorter.
0: And would lower be very, and lower in the sky.
1: Right would be very alarming. You know, the the amount of time that you have available to hunt or or search for food is steadily shrinking and the time that you're exposed to predators that are nocturnal is steadily increasing mm-hmm. meanwhile the temperatures are dropping and so you've got to find fuel for fires and you know this is this is something that was very much a matter of concern for ancient people and we know this because even today persist amazing observatories that were built by ancient people both in the Americas and in Europe and in Africa that line up the sun with stone formations on the winter solstice day and some of the most famous ones are Stonehenge obviously and then also the Newgrange passage burial in Ireland but there are lots of these these constructions so there's one in Chaco Canyon in the American Southwest there's There's just a lot of them.
0: Yeah. And even as there were different kinds of cultures, even and perhaps even more for some of the agricultural cultures that are settled in one place and they've spent all year preparing for this time. Now it's just a really, really important time in which this is what we've been getting ready for. Right. Now and then the next few months of of what were we working for all year? And knowing, right, humans are, we're good kind at of picking up patterns, right? We know that, that mm-hmm. the days will get longer again. We know this is a cyclical thing, but when you're in the moment, it's its very, I mean, that's, that's all there is. There's the now, right now. And night is long and night is cold. And, you know, why wouldn't it be nice to be back in that sun? And to be back with the warmth and back with the, the short nights and the long days. And, and that's what the solstice is, is bringing us back towards. It's that turn in the year.
1: That's right. And that's why it's always associated with hope. Because the, the hope of the longer summer days is inherent in the kernel of turning that corner of the sun starting to come back in, you know, very, very faint sort of indications of that in the first few days after the solstice. But then it becomes more and more clear that the days are getting longer. And while it'll still be very cold and not really possible to do agriculture for a while, at least you know that you're headed towards days when it will be possible. Yeah. So something else that becomes very traditional at this time becomes eating everything that will spoil <laughs> before it goes bad. Yes. You got we a have load. a lot of
0: that right now. We've got a lot of winter squashes, even though we didn't grow many ourselves this year, but we've got a bunch that are sitting and I go and I touch the bottoms of them each day and I go up. Oh, oh, we got to use this one up. This one's uh-huh. kind of soft and mushy. <laughs> uh
1: huh. Right. Exactly. So, and and that's very deliberate because piling in a ton of, cal- of calories when you're about to go into the coldest, darkest time of the year, not, I'm sorry, not darkest, but just coldest mm-hmm. time of the year is a very sensible survival strategy. You know, people that don't have a good read on the food cycles of where they are living don't do well over winters. They really don't. Mm-hmm. Half of, I was talking, I I guess, when we were around American Thanksgiving, and this is a particularly significant year because it's the 400th year since the supposed first Thanksgiving with the, the colonists in Massachusetts. And I'm descended from several of those who were people who were there at that first event but the reason that they had those celebrations people don't generally talk about very much the reason they had those celebrations was because the winter before 50% of them had died they just yeah. they couldn't get through the winter because they didn't understand the landscape and they didn't understand how to plant what to plant how to live in that new environment mm-hmm. so we can see that the winter solstice becomes a really important marking point for the time of year for people that are, you know, as we all do, receiving their food out of the soil.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting today as we are in, on a societal level, we're in this interesting place where we try and pretend like we're not part of everything else we're not part of this world right we've got our our artificial lights and you know who cares if the sun has gone down or rather we've turned away from the sun at this point Mm -hmm. because well we just flip on a light switch right we've got the light here we've got our refrigerators and all of our you know grocery stores that we go to although we have been seeing over the past year that you know maybe that pulse system is not quite as stable as we might Mm -hmm. like to think that it is but there's something that it seems like we're still really drawn back to anyways, even while we're trying to pretend that we're not part of nature, that we're not part of this. And and I think that pagans do that a lot less, but just talking about, you know, the overculture. Mm-hmm. Even the overculture, it seems, is just drawn to this particular time.
1: Yes, and to the very traditional of light right? It's the darkest time of the year. And so some of the oldest traditions have to do with putting a candle in the window, putting candles in trees, which is dangerous as hell, but people would still do it. <laughs>
0: yes. They would
1: bring a tree into their house and then they would put candles in oh, it Yes, And often
0: your house would be made from wood as well.
1: <laughs> yes. So this must have been really symbolically important to them because otherwise, why would they take that risk? Yeah. And we do that the same with, you know, Christmas lights now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, to me, there's this sort of beautiful defiance mm-hmm. about those light displays at this time of year. That's just saying, we will not have it dark. We will not. We, mm-hmm. we we defy the darkness with the light that we can create and we will make it beautiful and we'll cruise by our our house and go, wow, look at that, it's so pretty. (laughs) And I just, I think that's a lovely thing. I think it's, and it's, and it's a very primordial thing. It's, it, it, I think it strikes a chord really deep in our human psyche. Mm -hmm.
0: So let's, let's start talking more about the, our interpretations, right? We've been looking at kind of this broad scale of humans and over time, but within our own practices, within our own you know, pagan practices and our own wheel of year, for you, Mark, what is, what is the winter solstice? How does that fit into your, your interpretation of the wheel?
1: Okay, that's great. There, there are basically two sort of metaphorical plans that I overlay onto the calendar year. Mm -hmm. The first is the agricultural cycle, which is a very pagan thing to do. You know, you've got your planting in the spring and you've got your maintenance in the summer and your harvests in the fall. And what that does is it makes the the returning of the sun at the solstice, the the moment of the beginning of a new cycle. Mm -hmm. So Everything is fallow, everything is dormant, and now is the time when we start when we just hunker down, we're not worrying about food production right now because all the food production has been done, and so now we're just trying to keep ourselves alive until we can start food production again and that will be in the spring when birds are laying, and so there are eggs and there's some you know early herbs that we can eat, and hunting is possible. You know, one of the things about about your days is that is that you don't have very long to go hunting. Hunting is not a or gathering either. You know, those are not sort of quick processes. You it takes a long time to go out and accumulate food. And if you don't have that that time, then you're not really able to do much. And in some cases, the game that you might have been hunting is migrated away and the herbs are in the ground because they're not coming up yet. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the time when you just hunker down and you hang out with your friends and loved ones, and just get through it, you know. And this sort of kickoff of all of that is eating everything that's going to go bad, and loading up on calories as best you can, so as much in the way of sugar as you can, mm-hmm. you know, tolerate or get your hands on, and celebrating the fact that you love one another and support one another, and that that's how survival works for humans as social animals. And that starts the the beginning of the year with this dormant phase, which then moves into planning, and then planting, and then caring, and all that kind of stuff. So that's the agricultural cycle. The other cycle is the cycle of a human life. Mm-hmm. And metaphorically, I see the winter solstice as the equivalent of birth and infancy. You know, it's, it's the time of visioning, you know, before, before something, before you even plan something, before you start to figure out how to implement it and get resources together and all that stuff, you have to have a vision. And so here in the darkness is a really good time to be doing visionary stuff. The dark is often associated with divination and with um, imagination. And so I see this as really being that kind of a time. How about you? I know that you have a kind of biological.
0: Yeah. Take Um, on the stations of the year. So certainly the, the first part that you were talking about in terms of the Agriculturally, what's going on will we tie into that as well. The birth for me, I don't really associate it with the birth in the beginning. And partly that's, it has to do with that. That doesn't necessarily match the the fertility cycle for humans mm-hmm. being someone who's kind of been tied into that. You know, I actually associate this time of year more with morning sickness, right? But this, we look at the wheel of the year, um, and we'll look at the different holidays and the different seasons as and relate them to parts of our biosphere and parts of the ecosystem that we're really dependent upon. And this half of the year, um, we look at the forests. Right? So the other half is the grasslands. But if we look mm-hmm. at the terrestrial biomes, they're really dominated by two different kinds, which is the forests and the grasslands Mm -hmm. it's mostly the non-brittle and the brittle and so this time we're really honoring the the forest especially those you know the conifers and the the forest creatures around that and also you know the the sun our star right this is a really great it's always around but this is just like a good reminder of the you know as we were talking about two weeks ago with John, right? We're star stuff, right? So right. this is a, a wonderful moment to be remembering that because when we are, when we're getting less exposure to something, it can help us remember how important it is. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what is the, the absence or...
1: Oh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Oh Yes,
0: yes. right? So it's kind of like that with, with the sun. I
1: miss heat. Heat <laughs> miss is nice.
0: Heat and sun and, and vitamin D. Oh, that makes my body feel so good. Where is it, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So that's the, that's really for us looking at and, and honoring that part of the our biosphere. Mm-hmm. And that works out very well with what's going on as well, with like the overculture and Christmas trees, and sure, and it's and for us, we live in a very brown place, anyways. But the only things that are green right now really are we have pine and, and juniper, and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. When we look out, that's the only green that we see, and they have their sure. very unique quality of green, anyways. But there's no grasses that are green, there's no little, you know, herbs or any of that, it's just the trees. So,
1: uh huh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that persistent quality of the evergreens is something that obviously was not lost on people going back thousands of years. The the whole idea of evergreen trees, evergreen boughs, plants that bear fruit at this time, like holly and mistletoe and those kinds of things all end up kind of folded up into this winter solstice holiday. Um, and I like to take as many of those traditions of those kind of good feeling traditions into my practice as I can. I mean, we have a Yule tree. It doesn't have an angel or a star on top of it. It's got the sun, which is a star, of course, but it, symbolically it's designed
0: differently. It's, you're not putting the star of Bethlehem up. You're, no. putting, you're putting the sun. Right. You know? Different star. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I just find that a lot of what has come to be associated with this time of year is really lovely stuff. It's it's getting together with people you love, and it's exchanging gifts to show that you love them, and it's singing and enjoying beautiful music, and, of course, the the feasting and drinking and just having a wonderful time, and... We need more of that, honestly. I mean, the yeah. overculture is really impoverished in terms of its willingness to allow us to enjoy things. And it it wouldn't hurt us to have one of these every six months, you know, <laughs>
0: really we, wouldn't. We actually do that. We've, we've for us in, in our tradition, our family tradition, we've kind of elevated the summer solstice to a similar level of, you know, activity. Mm-hmm. So- Because, yeah, just that sense of, yeah, we need, you know, once a year is not enough. (laughs) Right, right.
1: Yeah. And what's interesting is that it it doesn't, you don't have to go very far back in history to find that there were times when there were a lot more of these. There were the quarter festivals. Mm -hmm. So every three months, there was a week of not, not only eating and drinking and, visiting with friends and not working and all that kind of stuff, which of course was a great relief to people that were, you know, working as serfs on somebody's land. But also it was the time when rents were paid and debts were collected and new contracts were entered into. So there was sort of a business aspect of it too, but like Michaelmas in which was right around the, the autumnal equinox was another Mm -hmm. such festival.
0: What was that Uh, word?
1: Michaelmas. So St. Michael.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So and it was pronounced Michaelmas. So yeah, it wasn't so long ago until the Protestant Reformation, of course, which promptly banned Christmas Mm -hmm. and, and everything else that was fun, because it was pagan and frivolous. And unfortunately, even after the Protestant Reformation was over, we were still stuck with a lot of the damage that they had done. Mm-hmm. So, speaking from a pagan perspective, we we say as long as nobody's getting hurt, more fun is good. Yeah, and this is one the one time of the year when people are really allowed to have fun.
0: Yeah. So, you mentioned you know you really enjoy bringing in as many of those. Are there any particular traditions that you have that are unique to your particular household or? ritual group or something that you haven't seen done very often even within the larger pagan community?
1: No, I wouldn't say that what we do is all that original. What we do is we gather at one of our circle brother and sister's house. And after dark, we, we turn all the lights off in the house and we go outside and we hold our ritual and we sing songs around, around a cauldron with sand in the bottom and a single little burning candle there. Mm. until it gets really dark and cold. And then when it's time and we're ready, we all take tapers and light them from that one little spark and then go into the house. And there are candles set everywhere throughout the house in every room. And so we go through and we light the candles and fill the house with light mm. for the bringing back of the light. And it's a simple ritual, but it's very beautiful. And it's, it's something I really look forward to every year. I'm doing that this afternoon.
0: Oh, wonderful.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, so we're recording Saturday right now. Saturday the 18th. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Well, that's coming up.
1: <laughs> it is, yes. So. so how about you? Are there particular things you do this time of year?
0: Well, we do We do have a Marie Lloyd that we have in our house. Mm. And that, we've done a sort of modified version. And, and some of you might have heard of this as the Welsh... Christmas horse, <laughs> but it it um, is a very old tradition and probably has several different origins. But it was where in the villages and there's been a resurgence in this in the in recent years. But it, they would dress up a horse's skull and the calling her Grey Mary, and someone would dress up as her with this horse's skull and beautiful laces and and really quite quite a, a thing. And then they'd go from house to house and basically have a, a poetry battle with the owner of the house. And if you weren't, if you weren't able to defeat the Lloyd, they come into your house and they drink all your booze and make a big ruckus and then go to the next house. And so it's something that is very, very old and there's lots of ideas of where it might have come from, but it's also something connected right now with kind of the the Welsh pride and all of that and we live in the states where we're probably you know one of maybe only a few hundred families in the whole country that actually speaks and and uses Welsh so we don't really have anyone to go knock down the doors of and go into their house with a horse's skull so we just we set one up each year and I do not have a horse's skull but I do have a deer skull and one day I will get a horse's skull but for now we we decorate up our deer skull and, and have that up and it's it has a delightfully little spookiness added to the to you know the the Yule christmasy time and it's just is also a, a symbol of poetry and mm-hmm. and just that connection with our with our um heritage and that's something that I haven't really seen anyone else do but it's just a, a moment for us to connect with that part of our past.
1: That's wonderful. It reminds me very much of what the local Morris dancing team does here. Mm-hmm. We have a, a team, the Appletree Morris, who are, are local to where I live. And Morris dancing, of course, is a very, very old tradition from the Cotswolds in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably practiced in a lot of other places as well, but it kind of died out. And so it's these traditional English tunes and, and dances. But one of the, the oldest and most traditional dances is the Abbots Bromley horn dance. In the village of Abbots Bromley, they bring out these old giant reindeer horns, and they do this dance where the horns clack with one another, which is, of course, what male reindeer are doing right about now. And those horn sets have been carbon dated at more than a thousand years old. Mm. So those dances have been going on for a long time. I mean, it's been a while since there have been reindeer in England.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about those. Are you reindeer? Are you sure?
1: Yep, they're reindeer. Wow. (laughs) So there is a similar tradition that our Morris dancing team does, which is they hold a wassail in the usually the first weekend in January. And the way the wassail works is it's pre-arranged with members of the, the team and other friends and fellows. You go to a house, they dance a couple of Morris dances in front, they sing the wassailing song, and then they run into the house, eat and drink everything that isn't nailed down, <laughs> and then all pile into cars and go to the next house where they do it all again.
0: Good, yeah. This takes
1: all day. Mm-hmm. and ends up at a very lovely party at the end where they serve traditional English wassail. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's a really fun, lovely thing to do. And it <laughs> feels like a very old tradition. Mm, beautiful.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there's probably some connections between those.
1: Yeah, yeah I think so. They're, you know, I've actually started a, a blog post that I haven't completed yet about what I call mendicant traditions which are the sort of beggarly pagan traditions, mm-hmm. wassailing and going house to house for soul cakes in around Halloween and the Mary Lloyd. I mean, there's, there's a lot of these sort of begging traditions and tons of wassailing songs for exactly that purpose. You know, God bless the master of this house and the mistress also. Meanwhile, give us some food and money and,
0: <laughs> and beer. Yeah. Oh, Yes.
1: So I I think that's a very interesting thing and, and a very, very old tradition. And I like to see it propagated and, and continued. I love those old things. Yeah. So as your kids get older, you could theoretically do something similar. If you made arrangements with friends where, I, and probably not under COVID, I mean, this is this is, yes, this is well, difficult. but we're time. hoping
0: as they get older that will be less and less of an issue right fingers crossed that their entire childhoods have been during covid which has been
1: yeah rough. That. yeah
0: that's that's so but I, they think it's normal they yeah. think masks are totally normal but uh-huh. yeah as as they get older i think i mean we've already done we do a lot of, of memorizing which is something i didn't do as a child but as an adult i really love to be able to memorize things in there. Their father is to the theater and, and all of that. So is really good mm-hmm. at that. But doing poems and and memorizing literature and things like that is just a kind of having your your poem offs.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 The way i I've, the way that I've heard the Mary Lloyd described is you what you take a highly decorated horse's skull from door to door and have rap battles.
0: That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> and extra points if you can do it in Welsh. So, ah, I see. Yes, there is some English, but it's, it's tolerated. But, but if you can do it in Welsh, then then it, you know that's like uh-huh. automatically you get an extra five points there. Got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, right, and then of course, we do presents as well. The kids mm-hmm. are very into that. For the adults, we don't really bother that much. If we see something that someone wants that we think they'd like, then we get it for them whenever that is right and go, Oh, you'd like this book. Well. I'm going to get
1: it for you now, even though it's October. Yeah, we're in very much fun. Yeah, I, I feel strongly about that. And I'm glad that you brought it up because I know that there are some people who are like, well, no, this present thing, it's all commercialism and it's terribly capitalistic and destructive and we're not going to do it. And I agree with all of those reasons. But it's cruel when you have little children who aren't going to understand that they see all of their peers getting presents and they don't. Yeah. It's just cruel. And you don't have to go overboard with it. But it uh, in the in the name of being kind and compassionate and you know not screwing up your kids any more <laughs> than they necessarily need to be. I I think it's better that that we incorporate presents. We don't have children, as the listeners know, and so we don't do presents either, but we still do a tree, and we put things underneath it that make us feel wealthy, make us feel blessed by Such a lovely the circumstances idea. circumstances of our life. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah we really, we enjoy that. Right now, there's a, a tin of Lebkuchen under there, among other things, because Nemea made traditional German Christmas cookies, mm. ginger cookies, and they're so good.
0: Yeah, there are so many sweets this time of year that, oh, goodness, that maybe it is good that we only do this part one time of year. But yeah, maybe
1: so. <laughs> maybe the summer solstice needs to be savory.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting, yeah, we've done... So we'll do, we brought presents into the summer solstice as well so that it's kind of a like our, our goal has been to, to bring that fun part but de-emphasize that Is it's not the only time of year that kids get presents, sure. right? So sure. they get presents on their birthdays, they get presents on Christmas, but it's not like there's not going to be, you know, 20 presents or something like that. Although Christmas, we do have to deal with, you know... A, grandmothers and whatnot but but you know for coming from the parents it's like okay there's about there's two gifts per kid plus you know a couple of shared gifts between the kids and then Mm -hmm. we do that during summer solstice and then we'll come back around in six months we'll talk more about it but we do decorations around the house and have it be a very kind of big deal as well
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so but it's got a very different feel it's lovely So the two, the times of year, just so in six months, it'll just feel so different to be outside, to be in the house. It just feels different. Sure.
1: Well, and you're in the Southwest too. So, I mean, maybe the flavor scheme for the summer solstice could be more like chiles and, you know, savory, salty things Mm -hmm. and
0: although that really oh, is our, is that is really our fall because it... when yeah oh that that's what starts fall when you smell the green chili roasting is uh, oh okay. right you drive by on the, you drive by in the road and people are out in front of the like grocery stores and roasting it out it's just that is fall oh it's wonderful <laughs> but by summer solstice is when we're that's that's zucchini season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's when the zucchinis are finally like, here we are. So we do lots of honey around that time Ah. because we celebrate the, you know, the arthropods and things like that. And as a family, we spend a lot of time outdoors, but this particular coming back to December, this is, even though it's very chilly, this is just an amazing night time of year. There's meteor showers going on. And this year, Right now, there's a really a special thing happening, which is the comet Leonard, and so that's one that is not quite visible at the by the human eye. It might become in the next few days. We're not really sure. It probably is just outside of visibility. So if you've got some binoculars, even like bird watching binoculars or a basic telescope, um, it's really really easy to find right now because it's right after sunset wherever you live. If you look towards sunset. There's Venus. That's lovely. There's Venus, Saturn, and Jupiter all lined up in, a, in a beautiful line. little line, right? And actually, by the end of the month, we're going to get Mercury as well in the evening sky, right? In that nice lineup. But you look to Venus and then look right below it with your telescope, and you'll see this gorgeous. And we've actually seen it the last couple of nights. This beautiful green streak, which is a comet that is. Coming in, it's about a kilometer across its nucleus. It's a decent-sized clo- comet that's just mm-hmm. going to wrap around the sun and then off it'll go. Hmm. So, anyways, that's happening, and then you can be out and the Geminids, although the peak has passed for them, they're still going for mm-hmm. you know the rest of the month, and the Ursids. So look at the Little Dipper. So that's pretty easy to find because that's. The north star is in ursa minor mm-hmm. and there's a meteor shower that's happening right now so pretty much anytime you go out you've got a good chance of seeing something beautiful in the night sky yeah something a little bit less usual. there's always beautiful things but right yeah right
1: yeah and then of course here on earth in terms of space stuff the james webb telescope is about to go up Yes. And it's finally going to go. And that is really pretty exciting because it should be, it should give us the ability to look back to the very origins of the universe, the earliest stars, the earliest light. Yeah. And that will, that will really be something that will really expand our understanding of the nature of the universe.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a much, much larger telescope than, so in feet it's just about 21 foot primary mirror but it Mm -hmm. looks in infrared so we're looking really really far back that allows us to look at cooler objects like planets so we want to look at exoplanets planets around other stars they're going to be giving off infrared they're way easier to see in infrared than trying to look in the glare of visible light but also those early stars as the universe has been expanding light gets stretched out So it's being stretched the farther part of wavelength is the redder and redder it gets. Well, it's been, the universe has been stretching for almost 14 billion years. So it's stretched out of visible light into infrared. And we just can't see that with any of our other telescopes. So we had Spitzer for a while, but that was a very comparatively, very small. That wasn't even a meter primary mirror. So Mm -hmm. this one is going to be, we're looking at a huge mirror, the most complex telescope ever ever built and hopefully launched so that's supposed to launch on the 24th and it's scheduled for seven twenty a.m eastern so that's a little bit early for those of us in the time Do zones best. over <laughs> yeah. yes I- i'm setting my alarm though to to watch that <laughs> because it's been a long time coming and then we'll have to wait about six months before we start getting information back but it's it could be it Really, could be opening a totally new chapter in astronomy. Really, mm-hmm. if this if everything works as planned, then it can literally change our understanding of the universe, and we just don't even know yet. So, we could just spend a whole hour talking about James Webb. If well, wanna. we could, is, yeah, but let's not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll talk your ear off after we, we okay. hit the, the uh stop button. <laughs> okay,
1: so. The solstice is this amazing magic time, and it's been known to be an amazing magic time for a very long time. So it's easy for us to, especially because the overculture does the same thing, it's easy for us to sort of suspend all of our quotidian, ordinary stuff and to go into this kind of amazing holiday mode where, you know, you wear ugly sweaters and enjoy... (laughs) in you know <laughs> drink at times when you wouldn't ordinarily drink and
0: <laughs> eat sugar cookies
1: yes even when you cookies. don't normally
0: eat cookies at all yeah right
1: and go out of your way to let people that you love know that you love them so it's it's a it's a really special time and we hope that in your celebrations and rituals and gatherings and all that that you have a very wonderful yule and winter solstice Yeah.